they called him the Hammer. That was his nickname. He used to, you know, he used to put a lot of seats, people in the seats, apparently, because as soon as they dropped the puck, he'd just grab somebody and start feeding them, you know. And he was drunk on the ice a lot, is the stories I hear. You know, he'd put a 40 down before the game. They'd go out, drop the puck, and he'd just go toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody. And apparently he wasn't a very good fighter. He got beat a lot, but the crowd used to love it. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 28 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen alongside Dwayne Stanell. As always, we are pleased to have our guest on today, a 10-year NHL veteran, one of the toughest guys to ever do it, and just an all-around good guy, a fucking beauty here. We're, we're pleased to be joined by Cam Jansen, host of the Cam and Strick podcast and regular contributor to 550 The Fan in St. Louis. Cam, thanks again for being here, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I was uh, just, uh, like I, I was telling you guys before, uh, this morning, I woke up a little early and I was watching your stuff at Barstool, a little bit of your Chicklets episode with Pat Maroon and then uh, um, yeah, the Barstool Outdoors. And, dude, yo, you are, I, I, like, that made me so much more pumped to get you on, Cam, because it's like you shoot from the hip just like us and, like, you've no filter. And I fucking love it. Hey, well, you, you, realize, you realize we got a future duck here. He's going to come back as a fucking duck. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm kind of, like I was I think of weird shit sometimes, and, and I, was, you know, I, I was on that boat for like seven fucking hours, man. I'm like, shit just comes out of your mouth at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really like fishing that much, but uh, I don't have the patience. I just like to be on the water. But the YP's a good dude, so I, uh, I wanted to go out yeah. there and do that with him. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, I do have a filter, by the way. You you have to have some sort of filter. Now I'll toe the line. I, you know, when you have your own show every single day on terrestrial radio, you need to have a filter or you're not going to have a job, right? Or if the Blues or any team wants you to do a, you know, a, a TV hit, like, you got to be the buttoned-up camp. Now, if Barstool wants me to come out and sit on a boat for seven fucking hours, well, yeah. like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just fucking say whatever, or you guys or whatever, but there's a difference, man. You, sometimes you got to be buttoned up, sometimes you got to be that guy, and sometimes you can be loosey-goosey. I love it. I love it. I, I, I love that interview with Maroon. Some good stories came out of it. Um, before we get into your playing career, what was that like? I mean, you're a St. Louis guy. Last year's run was a fucking – was awesome. I mean, I'm not even a Blues fan, but I had fun watching it. I, you know, between – you know, I got to play with Petrangelo. He was my first captain. And the guy's such a pro, you know. And it was a wake-up call for me as a 17-year-old. As a he had just gotten drafted and just an awesome guy on and off the ice. And somebody that didn't get a ton of respect around the league, I feel like, until last year. 
kind of went under the radar a little bit. I always thought he was in the conversation of being, you know, one of the best defensemen in the league. And so, you know, seeing him go far, you know, it made me start to root for them. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what that ride was like and, and to see your hometown team finally get over that hump and win it? Well, it all started, everybody was pretty excited. Like the whole, the whole town was excited. A lot of new signings, got the center depth that they wanted and they were looking for. You know, you, you bring on a hometown kid, Patty Maroon. We were all pumped about that, me personally, because we're, we're good buddies growing up together and things like that. So he had all this attention going on. And then they just sucked. They just couldn't figure it out. Jake was bad. It just, it just they couldn't find it. And they were getting bashed by everybody. I remember Patty calling me late at night. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. Like, they, like, he was on the verge of getting sent down. Like, I mean, honestly, the whole team was going to blown up. Like, Doug Armstrong was, like, sitting there probably thinking, like, a couple more games. We're going to give a couple more games. And all of a sudden, Jordan Bennington comes into the fray. And you see him go on this monster run. And it was just – it was incredible. And the Blues fans in this town, they needed that, man. And I think they deserved it. It's been a long, long time. But it, it was such a long ride. And it was so – like, I was doing stuff for the team and, and, and having to wait there and do, like, post-game interviews. Like, that wore you out so much every other day. Um, you don't know what the times are going to be the next game because everything kind of gets thrown in the mix. Um, just, there's just so much, so many storylines to it. I came again to it all, but God Almighty, speaking of Petro, lifting that cup. If Petro signs here again, by the way, and plays in our ten year, five to seven years, I mean, he's going to have a statue in, in, right by Brett Hall and Bernie Federico in front. So, again, that's such a loaded question, man, on the, how that run went. Like it's Kate and I got to. Play, party with the cup so much living here born in here like i get invited everywhere with the damn thing you know we we just had a blast we had a at, at the end of it we're like okay i'm no more cup party like, we're sick of it go win it again go win it again and we'll do it again you know who so was, was uh who, who partied the hardest out of that entire on that entire team oh shit man we <laughs> they all did they're all fucking psychos did you see our parade that was like, Fucking falling off shit, you know, riding <laughs> mini bikes. Like, you know, Robert Thomas is in the stands, like, glah, glah, clush. And, like, no one gave a fuck. And they shouldn't. And everybody was there. And we had, you know, the Blues had every security guard you can imagine watching all these guys. If anything went down, they're right there to help or whatever. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, I think Zachy Sanford was in the back of a brand-new Mustang, like, with, with his girlfriend, like, guys, and all of a sudden he pukes all over the driver, pukes oh. everywhere oh, during the parade. Oh, fucking, you know, by the oh. end of it, it was such a – it was kind of a clusterfuck because they had to put all that shit together so fast, the blues. And, like, we were like, what do we do? Let's go here. We, you know, no one ate anything in the morning. Like, we were just all – they escorted us all into the back of the thing. The, the wives had to walk, and they couldn't ride with us. and It just was really bizarre. But then once you get going, man, it's like a five-hour ordeal of just, like, there's no food on that damn that, – that little trailer you're on, and you're just chugging champagne all day. And by the end of it, my wife – my wife's like, we have to leave right now. Right when they all got – they're up on stage, I'm like, oh, I couldn't – it was a long day. So we just got a golf cart, went to our car, got escorted back, and we were done for the day. But just little shit like that, man. It's nonstop. It was such a cool party. Yeah, I see that stuff, man, and I think of, like, you know, you know how – I mean – I'm not sure how familiar you are with the city of Buffalo, man. You know, obviously you've played here, but like how, how much like embedded sports are here for us with the Bills and the Sabres. Like how oh, much yeah. championship, how much it's champ from either team, the Bills or the Sabres, man, what that fucking parade would be like, man. Like I'm convinced, I'm convinced, man, it would be probably very similar 
to the very first parade the Red Sox had in Boston after they finally won a World Series. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it, it was like, it was, dude, it was just, it, it's, it's different bad. though. No, it's different though. Did those, did those baseball players, did they get out and party with the fans when they were going down? No, 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 no. They're fucking, no, no, no. They don't, did, they didn't do shit. And neither did the no. NBA guys. They sit there like they're kings and queens, like, oh, hello. Like, I think some of the NBA guys are, like, playing cards while they're going down the float, where the NHL guys jump out and jump in the stands. And there's, a, there's such a difference there between their, their boring-ass parades and what the Blues did. They were psychotic. And the fans, the fans won another hockey championship because of that reason here, more than any other sport, you know? It was, yeah, fun, it, it, it was fun to watch some of those guys yeah. just get after it. And I think yeah, you touched on a point. What separates hockey players from the other professional leagues is, is that interaction with the fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, sometimes the hockey players get a bad knock for some of the cliche answers, but it's not that. It's such a team game. You hardly ever get to see some of the individual personalities come out. But when you win that comp, that validates it. And to see yeah. those guys, they fucking earned it. To see them go oh, yeah. fucking absolutely wild with the fans was something else. The mini bike, like you mentioned, guys whipping around on that. I, I can't stand Jordan Bennington, just some bad blood from when we played against each other. But it yeah. was still cool to see him. You know, he was mangled on that fucking little mini bike, just whipping around. Yeah, yeah like He was scaring the organization a little yeah. bit is what he was fucking doing. Like, they're like, <laughs> on the oh, track. On the track. We're, all looking, we're all looking at that like, uh, all right, Benner, like, fuck, he's going fast. Like, all right, somebody get him. Somebody get us, you know, but who gives a shit? But, yeah, and don't get me wrong. NBA guys are great to fans. Baseball players are great. And the hockey players do have the cliche answers, but they, that's what they're going to give you, man. They, yeah. I wish they would be a little bit more outspoken, but they do that so they don't piss the fucking team off, man. It's, they want to say, fuck all you, I'll fucking kill you, or fuck this. I don't, you. Know, they want to do that. But the reason why they don't is so they don't get that negative attention for their teammates. It's just it's yep. not fair for them. If they pull that shit, now they get bad, you know, it just, there's reasons for everything. And there's reasons as cliche answers. But if you hang out with those guys at the bar afterwards, they'll actually go to you and talk to you at the bar. Oh, and not sure. big dog I've, you. I've experienced That's it. the difference. Like, yeah. Two, two points. Like when I, when I said that, though, I meant in the sense, not from the player's standpoint, from the, the fucking fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know we, what you we meant. Fucking, we would fucking lose our minds. dude. Trust me. I, 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 I definitely agree with you on the difference between, you know, football, baseball, hockey, you know, and so on and so forth. But, you know, you, you made a good point there about, you know, being outspoken in the locker room. We had a guy here uh, at one point who was outspoken in the locker room. And, uh, you know, it, the media here kind of nailed him to the cross. Um, they villainized you know, it, him, Ryan. They villainized, they villainized him. We villainized him, you know, and he didn't deserve it. Lies were made up about, you know, his relationship with our captain here, Jackie Eichel. Uh and then, you know, he was dealt over to you guys in St. Louis oh. and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you heard the comments he made, you know, in the locker room. He had a br yeah. brutal moment of honesty about what was going on here in Buffalo at the time. And, you know, like most specifically, Paul Hamilton here in Buffalo, you know, threw fuel on that fire as often as he possibly could. That guy's you know, for the sake of – yeah, it, you know, it was ridiculous. So, no. was he beacon – was he getting chirped? Like, Ryan was uh, – O'Reilly was getting chirped by everybody. The media yeah, coming down on them. And he said that, you know what, you do this much losing, it sucks the passion out of the game, and it's not funny. Yeah, anymore. you I remember love that. for the game. I remember that. Right. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. It, he, yeah. Well, it was, well, it was <laughs> well, sorry about it's that. True. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, like, hey, what, it is, is what it is. You know? He is the, by, sorry, speaking of putting fuel on the fire, that guy is the funnest guy ever, by the way. The nicest guy in the world. 
We'll party you know, with you. We'll you know. work his ass off. We'll do anything. He was walking on – even though they, got, they just got shit canned, he was fucking playing awesome. Yeah, this was- guy can do no wrong in this town, man. And he's carted around like fucking Cleopatra, by the way. He walks <laughs> on water. But he does shit in the inner city. He never he, – he does all these little things for the town. And no one knows besides the, who he's doing it for because he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't ask for attention. You know, I'm a fucking attention whore. If I go do something, I'm like, hey, check it out. Look what I'm doing, you know. But Ryan, <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly, man, he just, he just does everything good. And he's not just buttoned up guy either. That m- makes him awesome. Like, he will, he will have fun, and it's just a blast to be around. So, it just, man, that kind of shit happens. And that's going to be a trade of the, you know, one of the biggest well, the trades, trades of best, well, worst, worst trades, trades ever. Yeah. I mean, ever, it, it, really. I mean, we got kind of got. I wouldn't say we got fleeced in it. I'm mean, nothing against Tate Thompson, fleeced. but like we got fleeced. We got fleeced. We got fucking fleeced, and Jason Bottrell eventually lost his job over it. And you got rocked, uh, we, man. Yeah, it was. Rocked. Oh man, it was just like, and you, you kind of said it too. You know, he doesn't. He, he's not at the attention horror. He doesn't like the attention. He he Mm-mm. fit in when he got. He, he fit in so well here because I remember like, you know, I heard stories about like fans always waiting outside even after a fucking rough game, man, and a rough loss. Like fans would wait outside near the players' entrance, you know, where they park. And Ryan O'Reilly would be always one of the guys to stop and sign a few things. No they matter what, five nothing, and he would stop and sign things. And you know that was that, that was that was cool, man, to hear stuff like that. And like you know, because that's what this city's all about. Like you know, if you the women if you, like him too. Will, my wife's not allowed to look at him anymore. <laughs> Honey, you're not allowed here. <laughs> if you're if you're willing to skate through a wall for for your team in this city, we 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 will have your back no matter what, man. You could like you said you could do no wrong. It's a blue collar town. Yeah, it's it is, man. A lot of parallels between St. Louis and Buffalo in that yeah. regard. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, big time, big time. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was that was a tough one. You know, the Blues had a fucked up trade back in the early 90s that the fans still complain about. Well, now they don't as much because, well, we want a cup. And you guys know what I'm talking about with that one, the, the, with the Canucks, where they got rid of, God, who did they – they got Garth Butcher. They got rid of Cliff Ronning and yep. uh, uh, who else was on that? That, that um, Sergio Mameso, who was just like you could throw in anywhere and he could – you know, he could, you put him – and it was just such a bad trade. And, uh, you know, I remember having Scotty Stevens on talking about that, too. They had Scotty Stevens that year. It was like 92, right, the Blues. They went through yeah. some shit. Okay, my, my point is I'm trying to make it feel better with – like the Blues went through so much shit. Even with Scotty and Lou Lamorello stealing him away. He was our cap. Like, like, like and losing the first round in 2000, when they won the President's Cup, they had Pronger, McKinnis logging 30 minutes a night. They had Demetra and all these guys, a great team – kick the shit out of everybody all year. And I remember in the post-dispatch, they win the, the uh, President's Trophy. The whole town's like, this is it? Of course, you know, this is it. The, the fucking paper puts puts a picture of everybody celebrating and takes the President's Cup out and puts a put, – it says, place cup here. Uh, and everybody – I remember people talking about in the media like, ooh, ooh, they might have jinxed us. Then they play San Jose and fucking lose in the first round after winning. So, like, again, I'm trying to pump you guys up a little bit. It'll come back. You guys, though, need to – They there needs to be something that – like a direct change, kind of like what Carolina did. I don't know. They just brought new faces in, and they turned that around. And they knew – and you guys don't need this because you're selling out every night. But I look at Carolina compared to Florida. Like, Florida doesn't bring any fans in. They haven't in a long time. They're in the middle of nowhere. 
they're lower. These players are looking at their escrow like, what the fuck? And they're looking at teams like Florida. But Carolina now, you know, they might act like a bowling pin after wins. But they're bringing fans in. Yep. And they're doing this, doing that. I don't know. You have to find a way in a small market to kind of turn things around. Carolina did it in their own unique way. You guys need it in a, in a more of a player, finding players and the we, coaches we need, and shit. We need a second-line center. I don't know. We used to have one. I don't oh. know where he went. <laughs> yeah, those are those are really easy to come by, by the way. Yeah. So we, 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 we've been waiting for, you know, two years since. We still haven't found them. Yeah. Um, that trade, by the way, was, uh, you know, Geoff, Courtnell, Robert Dirk, Sergio Momiso, and Cliff Ronning, and you guys got in return Garth Butcher and Dan Quinn. Garth Butcher. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a captain, fucking goes to all of our alumni stuff, like just a cool cat. But you got rid of some key, key players that went on and were really successful too. You know, damn, I don't know. So those are big, big trades that – even we again, even Scotty Stevens, we interviewed him the other day, and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. hey, before we get into well, Dwayne, I uh, we like to talk about uh, your career, but I had one quick question while we're on the topic of you know stuff that's going on recently. I watched um, you know a few games of that Vancouver series. Just wanted to pick your brain about you know obviously the goaltending wasn't great, and um, you know without putting it on them. I think O'Reilly stood out. He, he did his thing. Was it a lack of, you know, secondary scoring? Was it the inability to keep pucks out of your net, team defense? What sticks out to you, Cam, is, is the reason why Vancouver was able to pull that out in six? A, Vancouver's really good, and they're, they're, they're starting to build their confidence now. And B, the Blues weren't even there. They were checked out. Mentally, that was the number one thing for me, that they were just checked out. They that couldn't fight. They're, they're playing one game every eight or five, six days. And then it just – it wasn't because Vladdy. It wasn't – the goalies weren't there. Jake played okay, kept them alive. But the guys just didn't have it upstairs is what I saw more than anything. And Canucks were like, oh, my God, you're going to turn the puck over there? Okay, we're going to fucking shove it up your ass. Because uh, Elias uh, Patterson is a little Vladdy in him, meaning Vladdy Tarasenko, where he can pick a corner any anytime, anywhere, off balance, find that corner, off balance, find that corner. But then he's got a little Datsuk in him. Now, not the back-checking part of Datsuk yet. That'll come. But he can shimmy-shake you, open his hips up, slither away from trouble, and then make a play. Fuck, is he good, man. He's good. Yeah. And he's, he's like he's 130 pounds. And he's built, you know, he's, he's built like a teenager right now, which he needs to, like – I know he bulked up a little bit, but he is awfully small. And you got a Quinn Hughes, man. That kid just – He's a star. He has a puck the whole game. He got rocked a couple times, too, and I'm like, oh, he's fucking done. No, he got popped back up, played. And then, you know, JT Miller and your role player guys were fucking flying around. They kicked the dude, shit out of us, dude. <laughs> dude and, wait till these, and wait till these kids put on that Cam Jansen size, man. Wait till these uh, guys are fucking wow. – I'm a freak, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was freak. like this when I was 13. Uh, you know, in juniors, I was really big. Not tall, but big in juniors. And, you know, I was working – I was like one of the first ones that my dad – which we didn't have money at the time. This is before I signed. My dad was like, you got to, I'm going to pr- uh, uh, pay for a personal trainer for you. And we found a guy in St. Louis and then I started boxing, but I started working out at a young age doing that shit. So mm-hmm. I was kind of built going into Windsor, like ready to go. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about next. Um, I thought it was really cool. I remember you talking a bit about it on, on spitting chicklets and some other stuff. Um, 
at the time, you're an 84 birth year, so that's the same year as my brother. And I remember that was a pretty good year for American-born players. He ended up uh, at Quinnipiac uh, with Reed Cashman and a lot of those guys. But for you, nobody had really come out of St. Louis yet. You were the first one to break that bubble. Um, and, you know, after that, you, you've done a great service because you look at, you know, between the Kachuk boys and Ben Bishop, there's been a couple of real good players coming out of there. Um, take me back through what minor hockey was like. Um, I don't really remember. We did a ton of traveling here in Buffalo. I don't remember ever playing St. Louis teams, but now I see them all over the place. So what well, was it like yeah. playing minor hockey in there? Well, it's a little bit of a struggle. Like, I lived way away, way, kind of way out in the middle of the woods, away from everything, but I played hockey growing up. I, I started when I was like nine and a half, ten playing like roller hockey that late from like Eureka. But I played every day in my basement, roller hockey, just figuring out. Then my dad got me into learning to skate. Then I made the house team. Then I made double A, and then I started playing triple A. Like, boom, 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 boom. So right when I was like 13, I started playing triple A in the Michigan National Hockey League. So we'd go to Copywear. Little Caesars, fucking Honey Bake, and all those big-ass, big-dog teams. Then you go to Chicago and play, you know, Seven Bridges uh, attorneys. Remember those? Oh, and yeah. Chicago. Against a fuck, uh, uh, T.I. and all those fucking – and we were terrible, but we had a Blue Note jersey on. I, I wish I had a picture here when I played uh, in one of those jerseys. And it was the coolest thing in the world. And kind of AAA was just kind of – you know, you play AAA, like that was a big thing here in the minors. But we would go up there and get our fucking asses kicked. But I would, God, fucking crush guys and score a couple goals and have the puck a lot. And, and these, these scouts would see, see us play against, like, you know, a big team. And I, I, I honestly would hurt guys, man. You'd stick out. You would stick out. stick out so bad. And my dad would look at me and give me this, like, good job. Like, oh, yeah. He would, sit, he, would, he would sit away from all the other parents, right? Because all the parents are like, who's a fucking psycho? Who's a fucking, who's a psycho? And my dad's like, fuck you. Like, just walks, just sits, he sits by the glass and just stares at me. And I look by, I fucking look at him. He's like, God, you're doing it. Keep doing it. Or if I wasn't, he'd just be like this, keep going. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then, you know, oh, I just, you stick out. And then all the agents would start coming up to my dad and talking to him and stuff. And, and then I, I made the junior team after that for St. Louis. I played in the North American Hockey League. That was a fucking disaster, but it was great. I was 15, 16, and I'm fighting these 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds, and you become a man. So I fucking fought that whole year, you know. And then uh, I – 44 pims. Yeah, I was nuts. And the NA was yeah, fucking yeah. big boy league back Oh, psychos. It was a fucking meat grinder. I had three motherfuckers on my team, three heavies, and I fought all the heavies as a young kid. I'm like, no, no, I'll do it. And I did it every game. And, you know, Mike McKenna was playing for uh, Junior Blues one time. You know, Mike McKenna played in the yep. league a long time. Yeah. He's a St. Louis kid. He scores a goal against us, this fuck. And I like him now, by the way. He works for Vegas. He, sco <laughs> he scores a goal. Oh, no. He scores a goal because we pulled our goalie. And he goes out to center ice and does a snow angel. Oh. A snow and we're like, <gasps> we're going to kill him. We play him the next game, and I run him over, start a huge, bro. It's on the internet. It's on YouTube. It's hilarious. But it, that league was so psychotic. But then I got drafted into the OHL. I was up there with Dustin Brown. My agent took us up there, me and my dad. We put the fucking jersey on. It felt like I was in the – I'm like, wow. I tell all my buddies back home, they don't know what the fuck it is. They're OHL? What is that? Is that the NHL? No, idiot. It's the OHL. But you don't know because no one knows that down here. So that was kind of weird. But then they go up there and watch you play, and you're a fucking king of that town. 
Man, that whatever the fuck you want. Too. The winds are oh. The fans are right on top of you. I got the chance yeah. to play there once, man. That's a different experience. Still fucking. Oh. I can only imagine, Cam. I heard stories about you, but oh. you, uh, you, uh, your, your last year there, um, before you got traded, you had Steve Downey there. Yeah. I'd ask you, did you ever make it over to his billets, Mabel and Gary? You man, he, he, he came, I took him on my wing right off the bat. I know, look, man, he had some hardcore shit would go down to him right before he, he, he got drafted. I think by, and, and I, and he, I, I'd have him over my fucking billets every day. I talked to him. He, you know, he, he, he was deaf out of one year cause he got in a car accident. His father passed away. He went through a lot of shit. I know he did some stupid shit, but he's honestly a good kid. He, I know he said some dumb shit. I know he's fucking he, he didn't have a father. He was going through weird times, man, and I'll, and I'll defend him. But he, he said stupid shit, but I liked that kid. But he was he was lost a little bit. He was a little bit lost, man. Uh, but, no, I don't remember his billets because he was always at, always at my billets. Yeah, fair enough. I, I lived at his billets. That's why I had to ask. But, hey, that first year oh, when really? you get yeah. used to playing in the league, I mean, you come in, you're playing with Spezza, Steve Ott. Man, people don't realize this. And Otter. This. Otter's got an absolute piss missile of a shot. I'm skating oh. with him, and, and I, he's still in Buffalo at the time. He comes over the blue line. One step over the blue line, low blocker, post in. I didn't even fucking see it. Dude, he scored 50 goals in 50 games. He was a stud. He, 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 was, he was hard on me, but Jason Spezza and him just got <clears throat> drafted first, first round, and they both signed for a million dollars signing bonus. A million. Wow. Now they don't even do that. They, they <laughs> yeah, signed for a million fucking dollars each. And, at, uh, you know, you're a kid, and you see that, and you're like, what? Otter buys a brand-new Escalade. Jason Spezza has, like, three cars he's driving around. Like, girls are flocking to this guy everywhere you went. And you're like, what is this? Like, wow, you can make money. Dude. Like, wow, this is real money. Like, these guys are young, and they got fucking badass-ass. Escalade just came out. You know what? It looked like a fucking spaceship. You're like, whoa. Just yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna go out there and fucking put a show on, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Yo, do the same shit. <laughs> you get that, you get that kind of money at that age, man. We know that. We actually know that pretty well here in Buffalo. We, uh, you know, as most people know, Patty Kane's a Buffalo born and raised. Oh, yeah. You know, Cully, you know, you know, I know, man. Patty's had some good times in Buffalo. Yeah. Come back. Plenty of plenty, plenty of photographs to prove it. You know, yeah. St. Patty's I, Day parades and that likes it. to get after it. He, I got he a lot likes of to shit. Get after it. Yeah. It, well, he he does some he does some court. Yeah, but I mean, I got the same living here and playing here too. It's just like people have pictures. And I'm like, I don't act like I'm bugged oh, up yeah. anyway. I'm like, fuck, it, I don't give a whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, maybe I did. Look what Cam's doing. Yeah, maybe I did do that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was partying yeah. every fucking day. I oh mean, yeah, hardcore. You, get, you get that kind of money again at that young age, man. You don't, you know, you know, you have all this freedom and just fucking you say fuck well, it, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm glad you bring it up because Lou did. Lou Lamarillo did me a favor, right? They draft me fourth, fourth, or uh, fourth round. It was awesome experience. And then they knew my parents didn't have any money, right? And I needed to work out. And it costs money to fucking train and to be an athlete. Like, it costs money. Like, my parents yep. are done. So, like, they couldn't even keep up anymore. You know, we, we're they're buried every weekend, traveling, doing this. Their construction, you know, waterproofing company went down. Like, they, didn't, they don't know hockey. They just, they were going through a tough time. And Lou understood that. Probably because he saw when I got drafted, I had cigarette burns in my fucking suit. And, 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 you know, and so they signed me right away for a couple hundred grand. And I'm like, I mean, you know, again, you're from Eureka, you're living in Windsor, you got a bunch of attention, you're popular in a town, you're going to high school and all of a sudden you get a couple hundred grand. And I bought a big truck and no one even had cars up there really, or cell phones. Like everybody was really blue collar. 
And I remember just having a little bit of money. I didn't know how to act, right? I didn't know how to like handle it. Because in the US, everybody's like wants to be the best. You know, in Canada, everybody's just fucking cool, man. And everybody's I and I chill. everybody's just goddamn chill. And I didn't know how to be that way, like balance the, you know, I just wouldn't show off too much. And then you kind of learn you don't have to, you just be yourself. People know that you got money and shit. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I, I, I embarrassed myself a couple of times in front of girls. I'm not going to lie to you. Just because you didn't know how to act yet, right? You're young. You, you, young money, dog, you thought you were too young, cool. Young, yeah. dumb, and you got a ton of money, man. You know, a couple yeah. clicks for Lou, though. A couple clicks for yeah. Lou. Oh, dude, for, yeah. for sure, <laughs> man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Real quick. Real wait, wait, quick, Collier. Yeah, Thank, Real no, quick, the Windsor, you... Windsor's thanking Lou because that money went in Windsor's fucking uh, bars and not <laughs> I built bridges in Windsor, <laughs> you know. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Uh, oh. But, yeah, man. Um, what were you going to say, Dan? No, 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 no. I, I, the moment passed. Go ahead. The moment passed. <laughs> I, no, pass. <laughs> I was just going to correct him. I was going to correct him. It was, you know, you guys are carrying out conversation. You mentioned about, you know, the talent that's come out of St. Louis. We did forget one big name, one really, really big name, and it's kind of criminal that a Buffalo Sabres fan would forget it. Oh, whoa, whoa. who? Who are you talking about? Patty, Patty LaFontaine. Oh, uh, we, we don't count him. No, 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 no. <laughs> St. No, no, Louis, no, no, no. Missouri, baby. No, Louis, wait, wait, Missouri. no, no. I get, I get shit on for this all the time, right, because uh, at our beautiful new – we have a huge practice facility. that It's a four-sheet, the nicest – hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars they built for the blues and for the alumni we have our own locker room and they have like pictures of us everywhere all the kids all the guys that grew up here portraits when you walk in it's awesome but then they have a plaque and they show all the players that that made it first and they have pat lafontaine number one and then me number two and this i'm just joking but it's funny because he didn't play here he was born here and he fucking left so it's like it doesn't count you got especially you. You would have got your ass kicked fucking ten to five. You would have had five goals whenever you're playing triple A hockey here, but you would have lost big time. You didn't go through that struggle, Patty. So we're not counting you. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's I a fucking him. awesome guy, by the way. A I sweetheart of a guy. Yeah. yeah so I give shit. him shit. The, the last question I had about the junior. So you play in Windsor for three years, and I'm happy you brought that up about just living there because I went through the same thing. And it, it's, it's different than the States. In Buffalo, I had a little bit easier, Cam, because we're so fucking close that it yeah. does rub off on that. But it really is. I, there's no better way to put it. In Canada, everybody's just kind of fucking – it's probably because all the weed they smoke, but they fuck – everybody's just fucking <laughs> chill. I'm not just saying. Not they smoke weed here, though. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Everybody smokes weed here. Everybody fucking does. I yeah, mean, really, they, well, I'm just saying, when I was in Canada, it, it, nobody tried to hide it. It was just – No. Oh, yeah. My billet dad was in the garage. They didn't give a shit. Um, no, it's and you're right. No, you're right. And add on to that, like I'm wearing like preppy shit, like fucking buttoned up, like looking crummy. Yeah, like yeah, like you know. And then they're just like, I don't know. I'm like, God, what am I doing? Like, why am I trying so hard? You know, like these guys are the fucking cool. The girls are cool. The guys are just fucking. They just want to hang out. Yeah, they. I don't know. It was a wake up call, man. Like I love. They were so awesome to me up there. Everybody, and I was an American kid. Going up there, beating up your fucking tough guys, taking yep. a job, taking jobs, doing this, and everybody treating me great, man. So it's fucking, I love, I can go to anywhere in Canada right now, anywhere, and walk into a bar and sit next to somebody and have a conversation, and you can have a conversation with everybody in that bar, talk hockey, they'll eventually get to know you, they can, and just, you're comfortable everywhere in Canada, yeah, in my opinion. Fun. You're going to pizza in any Women town. are one of a kind, too, up there. 
Well, oh, I God. Women are, are one of a kind, man. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You play hockey. Everybody knows Laughing. about hockey. Everybody. And if you don't, then you're kind of an outcast. Like, you're, if you go to bars regularly, you know it's everywhere. Like, you can't not know it. Even if you don't pay attention to it, you know it. And right. it's just awesome, man. Everybody's like a, everybody's kind of together because of that. Uh, you're right, and it brings everybody together. It's it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun province to be in. So, hey, you spend that time in Windsor. You, you know, you, you obviously get signed. You end up in Guelph. Um, and did you guys? I was looking at your playoff run. It wasn't like you guys didn't win the West. London was the first seed. You guys had a tough first series against Owen Sound. Did you know when you got traded there that this was a special group that had the ability to go to the oh. Cup or? What a good question, dude. It was night and no offense to Windsor because we went through a rebuild. Because every other year you go through fucking rebuilds yeah, in the cyclical, O, of course. Man, it was it, it's just blah, blah, blah. So we're just – and I wasn't – and I'm just – I was confused again because I wanted to be the OHL heavyweight. And I'm out there buckets off every second. Lou calls me. He's getting pissed that I'm not producing like I should. I'm just trying to be this fucking sideshow. And I'm already drafting stuff, so I need to start playing. And all of a sudden, the best thing ever happened to me was getting traded, dude. And it happened when my buddies were up, too, by the way, up, up visiting me. Oh, no shit. And we're partying. And the next day, I go to my billet's house with my buddies. We're all ugh, look not looking good. Yeah, not looking good at all. <laughs> Boys, we're, I mean, like, horrible looking. Like, don't even know where we're at. And we roll up to my billet's house. And there's cars there. And my coach's cars there. And I'm like, Gosh. oh, my. I'm like, I'm fucking. We partied really hard the night before. Maybe we did weird things to where hey, something What the fuck happen. did we do last night? Like, what? Like, maybe something. I'm like, oh, my That's God. It's already been like, on the news. It's already been on the news. Oh, it's over now. I'm over. It's, <laughs> it's over been now. too long. So we walk in, and everybody's crying. And my, my, te- my teammates are there. They're sitting in another room. My coach is crying. We got, we got a GM. Everybody's there. And I'm fucked up. And I'm like, what? happened and they go, um, they go what did i do what i go what and they go you just got traded to guelph and i go oh thank god <laughs> and then and then my billet's like oh god he doesn't even care <laughs> so, you him. oh it was so it, it was so it was such an emotional roller coaster and i was so weirded out and I, I'm, like, I'm like, I thought I was going to jail. And then I thought, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting trained to best team in the league. And I'm like, oh, wait, you're going to be upset because, you know, we've had this relationship together for, yeah. you know, you've wiped my ass for two years. Like, come here, you know. You, th- they, you, you, think, know. You're, you think you're fucked because you tied one off last night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My buddy's like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> it was horrible. You know, we didn't sleep. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I remember that. Hey, those those weekends though, when the boys come up from your hometown, oh my, you get God. after it, and you don't really have time to sober up. It's just right into the next night. And I've had those mornings where it's like, fuck, it's a little hazy. Like we, you know, did we break multiple laws last night? And yeah, we did. You wheel in there and you see those people in there, and you don't have time to register. Okay, there's no RCMP here. There's no police, but everybody's down. What the fuck's going on? Oh, yeah. that's incredible, I, man. It's weird. Oh, it got- very, yeah, I had, uh, and then, um, you know, and then so we all party that night. My built, we all, all the team comes over. We party all night, and uh, and then the next day I gotta go. And my my, you know, my buddies were using my my. I had a big Yukon XL at the time, right? And they've been in that thing all weekend long, right? So you can imagine how that thing stunk. And oh, what yeah. was actually in there? There's a lot of things coming in and out of there, people and whatnot and whatnot. So I get to Guelph, and right, right, the, like Sean Camp and the, the, one of the assistant coaches calls like, 
hey, we're going to meet you. We'll just jump in your car and we'll take you out to, uh, out to lunch and we'll sit down and chat. I go, I don't know if you want to do that. They're like, no, no, it's all good. I'm like, oh, fuck. So they go Great on, first impression. They, go, they look into my vehicle and it is, I mean, <clears throat> things everywhere. And I'm like trying to scatter them all up. Like, what is that? I'll throw a blanket. It stinks. It's like, oh, and they, right when they get in, they're like, yep, yep, I know what that's all about. It's all good. Let's go. And I'm like, okay. And we went. And I I was older. I was gone. And next year, look, man, let me tell you, until you go up and you fucking, Blue Lamarillo is your boss, you're in juniors. I do whatever the fuck I want. Like, honestly, like they had no control. They know you're gone in a year. As long as you're not getting stupid trouble, and I never did, but I did, you know, you know, didn't go to school. I walked into school like a goofball. You, did, you had money. Like, they didn't have any control over you until you get, well, it's to, actually to finish your question, until I get to Guelph. Guelph was buttoned up right when I went in there, by the way. Like, you go in the locker room, and, you know, you got Mark St. Pierre, you got Ryan Callahan, you got Nico Tuomi, you got. You had Paye, you had all, I'm like, and they're just very collected. It wasn't, it was just, was, as you tell, they were a team. And Sean Camp, our coach, was awesome, man. He let you do whatever. And they first put me on a line with uh, St. Pierre and, and one of the big boys. I just, I was just too wild, right? I'm hitting guys. I just couldn't connect with them. And they're like, oh, boy. They just got rid of, like, a big, big-time Ryan Garlock. It was supposed to be good. And all of a sudden, the GM, Dave, Dave Barr, was like, oh, boy. Should we have done this? Then they put me on a line with Kyle Spur and Jacob Voorhees, who was a draft pick, on a third line, and we were awesome together. And then that was it. And we were four deep, three deep, really, because in juniors, you're only playing three lines. Yep. And we just had – they needed toughness, man, and I brought it, and then we just fucking did it, dude. It was awesome. Best thing for my career is going yeah, I, and playing I love four the years. I love the stories from juniors, man. Those ones are always the fucking best. It's kind of, I've, you know, Kyle wow. loves ne- – Collie won't put the yearbook away every time we, he loves, yeah. he loves to bring up his old days. But you know I what? Like, I give him a hard, I give him a hard time for it because, yeah. you know, but I love hearing the stories, man. I love Here, let me show you, let me show you something. Look at this cool ass picture. I don't know if you can see it that well. Oh, fuck yeah. Isn't that sick? Oh, Look at my blonde ass. Look at that. Look at that fucking team we had, dog. Man, that's a beautiful beauties, eh? Yeah, yeah. We, oh yeah, dude. Hey, on that, that note, was, how sweet was it beating London? I don't know, like, I... You might like in being. I played in Sarnia right before I got to Windsor, so I fucking hated London. And they were always really good. They had Max Domi, Kadri, Josh Anderson. You know, a bunch oh. of a bunch of good players. I yep. fucking hated their guts. I loved playing in that rink. You got to play in the John Labatt Center, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh, so that God. playoff series, you play against them in the Western Conference Finals, uh, or no, the Western Finals. What yeah. was that like? Do you remember? Oh, that, yeah. I mean, my memory is shitty, but I you could always go back and like. I remember I scored a big goal in game seven, but I remember in that series though, fuck, I had like 30 minutes of penalties, which that's a lot in a yeah. series, like even 30 minutes, you know, but I ran a couple guys good. I scored a couple big goals. I fought Prusky one time, I think, and he actually beat Ooh. me up and I'm like, fuck, this just, just was a back and forth in your face. They were so skilled. We were skilled and we ended up beating them in game seven, man, in London. My dad was up there fucking party that night just had a blast and then we go out and in, in, in the finals against mississauga and just shit stomp them yeah, fuck and calm dumb see you later dumb. mississauga they had dude they had and i still have video somebody sent me a tape of that and it turned into a dvd and that whole game that whole game four winning it i have it on a dvd and i actually scored the last goal of it and i remember waving to the guelph fans like oh, oh it's just God. fucking awesome man hey, god almighty yeah. just going four rounds dude 
before you go to the NHL and playing in every game and playing important minutes help helped you out so much. You catch my, you catch my drift playing in the playoffs like that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, I, wanted, doing I this. wanted to ask, too, you mentioned Lou Lamorello, and, and I remember you don't have to get into it a ton because I know you have on other podcasts. I thought it was really interesting. You know, Lou, Lou Lamorello, there's some people that don't know him. They like to shit on some of the things he does. But listen, this guy cares more about his fucking players from the things that I've heard. And, oh. and it's not just about your on-ice success. And that's what I've I – didn't, I didn't used to like him. I'm like, who's this fucking old guy? But hearing stories like yourself and other guys that he's helped out, and, and not only on the ice, just he's fucking legitimately saved some fucking young guy's lives. Oh, yeah. Doing the right things. Can you tell me a little bit about going into New Jersey? Like you said, you're a little wild, but, you know, you, you have it to button up a little bit in Guelph. But then, um, you know, just what it was like getting in there and, and breaking through in the NHL. Buttoned up, buttoned up in Guelph, more like I buttoned up, getting there early, doing the right thing with the teammates because everybody was doing, like, warm-ups and stuff. It wasn't just – so, like, that. But partying lights, like, they still didn't have control. When you get to Windsor – or, sorry, when you get to Jersey, oh, I mean, now I'm like, okay, what do I – get there uh, – how do I look? Oh, yes, every day am I doing the right thing. Where's he at? Where's he at? Can I stretch? I got to get there early. I want to be there early. I want him to see me do this. Protein shakes. Where – Oh my God. Now you get a little Lucy at night and I had a, but you're, I'm so aware of this man. He had such a grip on me, dude. And it, it, I needed it so bad. It's like my dad could only, once I started making money, like I'd listen to my dad every day. He lives right next to me. I calls me, listen to me on the radio. Like he was everything, but I needed a bust. You know, I needed that, that boss guy that looked down and knows exactly what I'm doing. Could look in your face and know what you did the night before. Like I just, needed that and I wanted to play for the guy man like I wanted to work for him I wanted to get on the bus and look at him and walk by and have him smack me on the back and say good job that's when you know little things like that I'm just telling you dude he, you know he put me on my place a lot and I needed it he I knew what I needed to do no one ever asked me what I just knew it I knew what my role was man and and he just again he just he, he kept me always my head on a swivel and, and some people don't need that, but I certainly did at the time. I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. I love it. He still scares me to this day. I'm still – he helped my, my, my family out. Like, first one to believe in me, drafted me. Like, I'll do anything with that guy. Anything. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was just saying, you know, you saved like, – you saved like, like, you believed in me, man. Like, I, you know, I – and then you helped me. Then you brought me back. And I got in trouble, and you brought me back. And you just, you know, fuck. So, I, had, I had a quick one about, you know – you break into the league, you know, like you mentioned, you went up and down. Um, and then getting traded to your hometown team, man. I, I watched a little clip this morning. Um, I was I was eating, I was, you know, eating breakfast with my daughters and uh the daddy who you interviewed, I'm like, this fucking guy. Oh, I didn't <laughs> this guy. And it was your first warm-up with St. Louis and just buzzing around, you know, getting a stick twirl a little bit. Like oh, yeah. that must have been an unreal feeling. Take our view, our listeners through what it was like getting traded back to your hometown team and yeah. just the energy involved in that, man. That must have been fucking wild. Well, put it this way. When you're when you're in, when you're when you're an athlete and you're from St. Louis, but you don't play for the town, not too many people know you here, right? Like they know. Like unless you're a monster somewhere. Like, okay, they don't know you. But once you come back here and then you grew up here and you went to high school here and your families are everybody's from that you know here. You come here and you're just everywhere, man. It's just such a small bubble and you're in the paper every day and you're doing interviews every day and people are grabbing you and taking you everywhere. And the team wants you to do, I had two separate lives here. 
I had my teammates and the organization. They, you go everywhere with them. That's your, that's your one family. And then I got my other family and all my buddies and my buddies that don't even know hockey that I grew up with because a lot of them don't even care. I mean, they're the blues, but, you know, and then you have that and then you juggle it and then you go out there and they're all watching you and you just want to put on a show and then you want to go out afterwards. And it's just, man, at the time, the blues were kind of loosey-goosey because they didn't have Doug Armstrong at the time. So, like, my buddies would park underneath this building and they would, you know, take people in. They'd, you know – I would have like 30 tickets a game, just like sit here. I'd, I'd have to collect tickets for people to come in. Like it was, if That's I was more and like a, a, you see what happened with Patty too. Like it was just too much. It, it takes a lot out of you. I was playing yep. three to five minutes a game for the most part. So I could handle it. But if you're a superstar playing in your hometown, damn, that's a tough one, man. It's a lot on you. It is a lot on you. But then, you know what? Look, I got a radio show every single day because I played here and I, all the little things I did around town for charities and shit, like it all added up, man. And now, I have job offers. I get, you know, people want to listen to you on the radio. They know you, you know, it's just, it works out, man. I took advantage of it big time. It's I'll awesome. tell you what, man, you had a team, you had a team there in St. Louis that your first year, yeah, you guys, you know, Korea. I mean, obviously you had Keith, you know, uh, you know, a young David Backus. So you had a team like out of that roster, man, Doug Wade, Barrett Jackman, Jay McKee. We know Jay pretty well here in Buffalo. Like, you know, yeah. who was the guy? Who was the Jeez. guy there when you, when, you, when you got there that, you know, really, you well, know, because obviously uh, you're, you're, fucking, you're fucking Cam Jansen. You know, this is your hometown. Like, you know, nobody's going to tell you what to do. But, like, you know, who's the guy who really, you know, brought you down to earth and, you know, you know welcomed, you in, welcomed you into the Blues family? Well, it, no one really brought me down to earth when I was playing here, to be honest with you. <laughs> Jersey, Jersey was a different story. But, again, like, you come here, it's like, I mean – I was friends with everybody on the team. Like the, the other guys, like Walt and Paulie, Big Walt was a, I mean, the coolest motherfucker ever. Big Walt, Keith Kachuk. Can we get a I Big Walt story? Walt, he is the best of the best of the best. He would, we played cards in the back of the bus, cards in the back of the plane. Walking, he would go, oh, the playing him in poker is the worst thing in the world. It's a, he doesn't give a shit. And he'll go all in, fucking two seven offsuit. And I got like fucking aces. And I'm like, oh, God, what do you have? What are you doing? And, like, and then he just take it all, take all your money because he doesn't care. Like, and then he'd blue light you, give it back. It just he was the coolest. He ran everybody's show. He'd make fun of everybody, right? But funny, not a dick. Like, there's a difference between being a dick and you fucking chirp guys when you walk in, or being absolutely hilarious. And that's what he was. And he'd make Paul Korea go talk to Andy Murray after after a loss because Andy Murray comes <laughs> in and says, "We we got to skate tomorrow." And Walt will get him back. What the fuck? Paulie, get your ass up. Get the fuck out of there. Uh, and Paulie would be like, okay. Oh, my God. And oh. No one told him what to do. He did whatever the fuck he wanted. And he knew it was his last couple of years. His kid, Matthew and Brady, would be in the locker room all the time, saying hey to us and shit. Like, it just was awesome, man. And, and we did okay. We made the playoffs one year. And then one of his last games, dude, he got smoked in the face, busted his teeth, slap shot by Osh, fucking caught him. Like, he – I don't know. He just is the coolest guy in the world. I love that guy. I love his kids. His wife's awesome, Chantel. His daughter, his daughter Taryn, is probably the best athlete of that whole family. Stud field hockey player, right? He's a stud, dude. She's a badass. And Matthew and Brady, Matthew might seem goofy on the ice and seem like a cocky. He's not. I like Like the way he carries himself. He's awesome. Dude, he's awesome. He's the best thing for hockey right now, and that is the bottom line. That that stick with him and Cassian, oh, my God. I fucking love it. And now he's actually fighting guys. Now he's fighting guys. Now he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll fight you. I love – they are good kids. 
and I like yeah. you said, man. I think he's good for hockey. He's and you know what? I love that some people hate him. Fucking rights, man. You're doing your job. Yeah, he's man. Fucking good at. You know what I like the most about it? People are trying to say there's no place for fighting in hockey. Hey, I think that's bullshit. That happens. You're going to see the age of the rap. There's no accountability. But guys like Kachuk, they come in, they play hard. And I'm buddies with Cassie, and I was, I, I you know, I, I like that. It was a, it was a good fucking hit on Cass. Cass got to pick his fucking head up. Big boy yeah, he goes. down the, tr- the trolley tracks, fucking wake up. But he's coming at you, though. But he's coming. He yeah. came down to hit you. So it's like, fuck you, Matthew. So if I'm fucking, if I'm cast, I'm no, 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 no. I'm not, you came all the way down your fucking wing to hit me. I'm fucking you up. Yeah. You, that, so yep. b- both ways. I like it both. They're both I, exactly. I like it. Matthew yeah. answered the bell. They fucking fought. I loved it. And just but he just, didn't answer the bell. But he, but he didn't. Sorry. He didn't do it off the bat. And I got mad. And I remember going on radio. And even Walt heard me talk about it. He 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 dummied himself like he ragged out himself, and I go, you you're six foot three, you're stronger than shit. Cassian's a lefty, but you grab him and you throw him down. You don't just get beat because he's gonna hit you in your temple and he's gonna concuss you. And there's no reason to take a punch like that when you can tie the motherfucker up. And where's your teammates at when you're getting piss pumped like that? Yeah, too? yeah. I, I said that, that too. I said so that anyway, too. There was now no he's not doing there. that. He's not getting ragdolled anymore. He's not going to let himself get beat up like that. He's going to stick up for himself, and that's what you do. But don't ever do that again. Fucking ragdoll yourself. You can't do that. You're going to get hurt, especially when you're hitting guys like that. Hey, what did Big Walt say? Did he did he talk to you after he heard what you said? No, but he knows. He, you know, he you know we everybody hears everything, dude. I mean, we're you know if he's in town here, but I had to say, you know on Twitter a couple times. I did, but I don't like to tweet chirp any of the guys like I don't I don't do that I, I was not happy about that part because I know Matthew he's tough don't get don't get beat up like that and now he doesn't now he's like fuck you all buckets off you let's go I love if that. I'm running around I'm gonna do that right. so he, he's figuring he's, he's young still and he's figuring it out and this is a different kind of element that he's adding on to his game and it's working Dwayne I got one more question it doesn't have to be a big wall but I've heard that back in in that era of hockey there were some good pranks being played Anything uh, come, you know, stick out in your mind? Anything you could share with us? I like the prank stuff. Like, I never really got into. Like, I, you know, like, I don't want, I don't want to fucking go out there and blow a fucking growing because somebody put tape on my skates or something. But, but it's, it's, oh, let me think, man. Like, it's, uh, um, I, I didn't really play with too many pranksters, but I know guys did some fucked up shit. Uh, but, you know, it's tough to call anybody out on some of the stuff. Um, 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 that's a tough one, man. The prank stuff, like, I don't really like pranks. How's this? I don't like them. Don't fucking prank me, dude. I got enough stress. Don't fucking prank me. Don't fucking prank me, dude. Don't cut my stick so I look like an asshole in practice. I gotta look good in practice or I might sit a game. Don't (laughs) fuck with my skates. Don't fuck with my my fucking tie or my, my, that's a Hugo Boss tie. If you cut it, I'm going in your wallet and taking 400 bucks out. Don't do that. Don't do this. I got enough stress. Fuck you, pranksters. There's a few pranksters. I there's the quote. It. There's the quote. There's a quote. Yeah, fuck you fucking slow my slow my day. You're not even making me laugh. No one's even laughing. You're just pissing me off. Don't <laughs> I would I, I, I would I would prank you just to see the reaction. I might be scared for my life, but yeah, I just see I would reaction. Well, it, you know, if you're filming it, I might say something stupid, and now I'm in a jam. So you prank me, you fuck my day up, and then I say something stupid, and now I'm fucked over. So no, don't do it. I just oh, remember sorry. hearing. Oh. Some- stories about it wasn't any on the ice stuff but just like filling a guy's fucking car with those packing peanuts just some of the older guys taking all the Uh, you know look you might do that to rookies that's fine but you're doing that to a 30 year old man that's got a 
you know, his fucking thumb's broken. He's got to drive home. Now he's going to unpack his fucking car all fucking That's day. He, it's just, fuck you. For what? You laugh? I wouldn't even laugh at that. I'd be like, what? who's cleaning that up? The janitor? Now you're making a fucking janitor working at an enterprise center clean that shit up because you know you're not going to do it. Yeah, fair enough. See, see oh how I turn God. the tables on you guys? Yeah, now I feel like an asshole. Now I feel like a giant asshole. <laughs> Don't prank oh, people. I want to call the guy. People. I want to call the Android friend, Enterprise man. and apologize. I mean, fucking poor guys like clean up all that shit. The guy's working there for eight hours, not getting paid shit. Oh man, it's fucking oh. terrible. <laughs> hey, and so, the hazing shit. I'll tell you that right now. Don't fucking haze me. No, yeah, I've never been hazed oh, in my yeah. life. If you want me to go talk to a girl because I'm young, fuck you. Yeah, I'll go do that. You want me, maybe we'll dress like girls and go bowling one night. I don't give a shit when we're young. But don't fucking put me in a shower with other guys. You'll piss on me. Any of that never happened. No one's ever fucking tried that. Maybe I had to go do a couple little things, clean up sticks, da-da-da. But no one's ever pulled that nasty fuck shit on me or anybody I've ever seen. And that, I hate that shit, dude. I don't know how anybody got away with that bullshit. Yeah. It's stupid as fuck and, and weird. You're a fucking weirdo. Yeah, it is fucking both, weird, man. Both, You're a weirdo. Both me, both me and Kali, actually, unfortunately, we also had to deal with dumb shit like that growing like up. What? Like what? There's, like no pl- there's, no place, there's no place in hockey. It's stupid. It's like, no it's embarrassing. It's, it's like, what do you want these kids? Don't you want them to like you? All you have to do is be an older guy, like an older veteran, and, and be nice to these guys, these nice to these kids, and make them do a couple of things here and there. But you stick them in the back of a bus, and how, why? Is that an authority figure? Like, what are you doing? I don't know what. Like, how do they get off on that? And and like you said, it's fucking weird, and there's no place for it. And honestly, it's just gonna divide a team. You're gonna fucking yep. and and you Psycho. never know what that what, you know what these kids are going through in their own life. I know. So it's like I know. Don't fucking do that shit. I I'm happy yeah. some some of the shit's been brought to light. Um, and and like my second year in the O is the year that they. They, they really brought light to it. They said, hey, sign this no hazing policy. I didn't get it super bad. The worst thing was, like you mentioned, they put seven of us in the back, in the, bo- in the, the bathroom, in the bus. They threw in nine pennies. or Yeah, they threw in nine, said they threw in ten, and we couldn't get out. I'm not claustrophobic, but fuck. I mean, just. I am. It's, yeah, dude, I didn't like and it. I get, I, and I don't want to be next to a bunch of dudes in a, in a, in a shithole. You know, it just, it just, it did so fucking dumb. Yeah, I, I never. Anytime I was, with, I always take the young kids. Always took care of the young guy. I want them to be. Able, I want them to look up to me. Like, fuck, let's go. I'm taking you out. Like, even my wife. Like, I'd have young kids always want to be around. Even when I played in Albany, like, they. What do you want? I, I know. I take them everywhere. I take the kids everywhere. And you know, doing that, it's so weird. I never went through it. Yeah. Never had to. No one shaved my head. Don't shave my fucking. I'm, I'm losing. I'm going to lose my hair anyway. Don't shave my head. And speed the process up. Yeah, like <laughs> like for <laughs> for me, for Psychos. me, it was. Uh, you know, we talked about it back at the Clint Malarchuk episode. You know, and for me, man, it was from my own assistant captain. Like I, uh, we were showering after the game. I left my shampoo bottle in the fucking shower. He, you know, kind of randomly, brought like, "Hey, you forgot this," and I'm like, "Oh shit, thanks." Next time I take a shower, I'm like fuck the smell the fucking guy pissed in my shampoo bottle and then stood there in the locker room and they all laughed at me as i came back in the fucking locker room and then sure as shit that got spread around the fucking you know the halls next day and like dude i went through some like massive depression because of that i was a fucking 15 year old 14 15 year old kid just you know yo, there's the fucking goalie they got pissed on and it's just Those like guys are fucking like, who, losers, Dwayne. this guy wore a fucking a on his jersey he wore an a dude i didn't get over that for a few years man i was a loner too because i was 
you know, I was a suitcase growing up. I wasn't in and out of a lot of schools and fucking, you know, I didn't have a ton of friends at the time. And just like, now I'm fucking, you know, and dude, I'm so glad too, man, that social media wasn't a thing back then because it would have oh. been so much worse. It would have been so much yeah. worse. It would have been worse. Well, it would have been worse being out and about for me more than anything. But, that, but if it, maybe there was social media back then, that, that shit wouldn't have happened. But yeah, so what, what, what did, I just don't get it. Like, what is that? Fuck. I would have, like, I would have killed a guy, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you, I was in a different mindset because that's what I was doing. I was, I was already fighting at a young, so I just, I was confident enough to know that if they, anybody did that bullshit, I just would have, I would have stood up to them and they, and then they would, you know, but they didn't do it. You know, we had, it's all about your leaderships. It's all about yep. your leaders. Like I got to Windsor, who's the leaders? You had fucking Tim Gleason, Stevie Ott, Jason Spezza, Hildebrand, and maybe a couple other guys. Those guys aren't doing that shit. Yeah. They're not doing that. Oh, they're going to torture me by me being loud and, and they're going to make fun of me. And that's what you get. But that's fine. It bugs me. It's not, yes. It's one thing. Hey, loading the bus, you know, picking up pucks. Fine. Whatever. That's, that's okay. Be a rookie. You do, do shit, no, things you don't do. But mm -hmm. um, no, yeah, you guys both make good points. There's no room for that in the game. And, and, and Cam, like you said, maybe if social media existed back then, maybe it wouldn't have been happening because it's, it's a way to hold people accountable. Um, it's a little bit scary how it can be used on the flip side with some of the cancer culture. We won't get into that. I yeah. do want to ask you about this, though, Cam. Going over to, uh, to finish your career in Nottingham, I've had a few buddies. Uh, Jeff Brown, I play with him in Windsor. Um, I don't know if he was in Nottingham or not, uh, but he no, went over not, his NBA. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Guys go over there and, and get their MBA. Yeah. And what was that experience like for you? Well, I certainly didn't get my MBA. But <laughs> I didn't. I went over there just. I was confused. I was confused. I, I didn't have a job. I was kind of waiting on Lou. Just got to Toronto, and I'm like, do I play in the minors again? I'm just ah. I was going through a weird time, and we don't. Even, maybe the next time I come on, I'll explain that side of it. But I, I, I was like, God, what do I do? And then my buddies here, Jordy Fox and Brock Wilson, like, dude, you. We talk, they want, they want this Nottingham team. Once you come over there, they'll take care of you. You know, it's a beautiful little town. It's a cool league. I never really heard of it. I knew they were playing over there. didn't understand it. And I'm like, you know what? I need to figure out another year of my career. I need to, I need another year to kind of see what I want to do. I didn't really have anything at the time. Everything kind of went quick in that summer. So I was like, fuck it, let's go. And we love, Kate and I are obsessed with like, English history and castles and it's a fucking, fucking the Tudors. Yep. It's so beautiful. And we went over this town. They treated us so, I mean, lovely over there. But we, I, I went out and fucking busted my ass for these people. Like, don't get me wrong. They made me – I got a picture of me going out looking like Hulk Hogan the first time I went there and ripped my shirt off in, in, the, in this, like, camp that they set up just to get attention from the fan. Like, I did anything they wanted me to do. Fought, hit, good leader, and – Kate and I were treated like royalty over there. It was awesome. We'd go sit in these little pubs and that are from like the 11th century. And you're like, what the fuck? And you're just kind of sitting there listening. I don't know. We had a blast. We walked everywhere. The players were so fun. Everybody was a blast. And we won a couple championships, man. And I, 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 I got awesome. to lift the trophy up my last game ever. So it was kind of cool. Hey, that's a good not way. Not many guys can say that. Yeah, not yeah, many it's cool. Guys can oh. say that. You know, yeah, it's uh, beautiful. You know, with all, with all that being said, you know, like the career you had, you know, you know, you were one of the toughest guys in the fucking league, dude. You could bang. You, you, you look at today's league, man, and, I, you know, I, uh, you know, you see the guys that, you know, there's not many of guys – there's not many guys like you left out there. Guys that are yeah. – guys that are – you know, um, what – you know, who, who, do you, who do you look at as, like, you know, guy in the league right now that really, you know, still carries that, you know, um, 
carries that same. I don't, I don't know what the fucking word is for you. I'm trying to be all intimidation factor. Yeah, yeah. I um, guess, yeah. There's some guys. Okay, you got Ross Johnson, you got Matt Martin, you got Luchik, you got Cassian, you got um, you got Reaver. Then you got some guys like um, uh, Delorier. Then you got guys like uh, uh, that are that are tough. But I'm trying to think, man. Uh, uh, um. You know, like, then you got a Gudis type on, on D that'll fucking step up. Then you got Zadorov on Colorado that'll step up and hit you. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I look at – you still got to play – you got to be able to play more than ever now. You got to be able to log minutes. Usually now you might have to penalty kill, um, even if you're on a fourth line. So it just adds a different element to your game. But there's still guys that hit, man. Hitting's still alive, and there's still emotional fights that go on. And I love I, – I like, I like where the game's at right now, man. I really do. And on a personal selfish note, all of us – like all of us tough guys that went and buckets off and really did two-minute fights, that's never going to happen anymore. So anybody goes on YouTube, the last fights, big-time fights are us. So it's yeah. kind of like, hey, yeah, we're the last of the dinosaurs. When we were interviewing Ray, man, like me and Cully were looking back at his fights. <clears throat> yo, they, the refs used to fucking let them bang. Dude. Oh, yeah. You would, start, you would start behind your own net. You would end up at the fucking opposite blue line yeah. for two, two and a half minutes, man. They, they let us do that, it. too. Yeah. They let us do that, too. I mean, I was going for like two, like two and a half minutes and calling them off. Yeah. Jerseys out. Like, that, right now, that, that was the guys awesome. don't, yeah. It was, it's not going to, you're not going to have that anymore. You no. might once in a while, but again, on a selfish note, it's like we're the last ones. Like, okay, we'll get the rest of that attention. No, that's a cool way of looking at it, man. Because, like you said, hearing hearing you talk about it in different interviews, and and us talking to Razor, and there was that brotherhood. I, and I know, hey, listen, you got to go out and do it every night. But the respect that you guys had, and and I don't want to say the unwritten rules, but it, it it was that. It was it was a bit of the understanding that listen, I'm going out to do my job. I know you got to do yours, and and you guys giving each other fights, even if you didn't really want to do one at the time. Like that to me was fucking cool. Like oh, yeah. understanding between you guys that hey, this guy's got to fucking you know he's got to earn his keep too. I, I got to give him one. And I like yeah. you said, the last ones ever do it's a cool way of looking at it because like you said, yeah, it's never gonna be repeated again, man. And it you know in some ways it's sad, but like you said, it's good for the game that everybody's got to be able to play now. Yeah, and probably penalty kill too. Like your right. fourth liners probably probably are your penalty killers. I mean, do you want Ryan O'Reilly really to fucking block shots like that, man? Fuck. Probably you know how you get hurt? He'll do you know it. He'll hurt? do it. You know how you get hurt in hockey? You block fucking shots. You know how you yeah. get hurt in hockey for the most part is you're blocking shots. And so when you get penalty and you're penalty killing all the time and you're in top line, like every time you take a fucking puck off the foot or the hand or the elbow or the knee, it sets you back so bad, man. So you got to have your mutts go out there and fucking block you know, shots. You know. On that note, I used to think that uh, forwards and defensemen were such bitches when they got hit in the foot with a shot. Oh, oh God. Until I blocked one, Kim. Oh, God, dude. I swear to God, Listen. I dropped like a bag of shit, and I'm like, fuck this. I'm an idiot. I'm going to go apologize to every player that I've ever chirped for blocking one off the foot because that hurts. Nope. That hurts like a motherfucker. It's worse, so worse, worse. so worse. Worst for me was in the neck, dude. I got one in the neck, dude, hey, uh, when I was, yeah. like, 16. Yeah, that was bad. But, you know, bring that up, man, blocking shots. Like, Jay McKee, man, you know, the cup that should have been Buffalo's was in 06. When, uh, you guys had no like, timeout. You had no chance. Dude, look at that powerhouse what? line. Look at the powerhouse line of Dallas. Had. Stir the pot. Stir the pot. <laughs> no, 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 Are you about, kidding? We're talking, about, oh, we're talking about 2006, not 99. Oh, 2006. oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. you, yo, listen, I'm not disputing that at all. The only thing Buffalo had going from a 99 was that guy back there on the wall. Down yeah, there, I'm like, whoa, you guys should have won. They were a good defensive like, we were a good defensive team, a well-coached team, but we did not have the star power. You know, they were loaded. 
They were yeah. loaded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Loaded. In 06, <laughs> yeah, okay. Jamie Key blocked the shot and never treated it and had that staph infection right before, uh, what was it? I think it was game seven against Carolina. So we were rolling out like Rory Fitzpatrick, I think it was, as a first-line defenseman. We were so depleted. Everybody was injured. And then we get word before game seven. Oh yeah, Jay McKee's got a staff infection. He's out tonight. Like, what? Well, if you're if you're if you're what? thinking Jay McKee is going to take you to the promised land, he was my buddy in, in St. Louis. But like, you, well, know, you got like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you had a long ways to go. You had a long ways to go, buddy. Like, listen, we Edmonton, if we if we give another week, we would probably had two more defensemen back. Probably Jay Edmonton wouldn't have fucking st- fucking stood a chance or a chance against if us. If my aunt fucking... had nuts, she'd be my uncle, right, Don <laughs> Like, come on. Oh, speaking, of, speaking of that, you know what we brought up earlier, Cam. Uh, Cam, I really want your reaction to this—the the Mike Milbury stuff. You know, what's your uh, what's your? Yeah, he's man. He, look, I'll give you an example. Like Mike Milbury, I'm not I'm not offended by anything. Like, I don't, I don't really care. He does say stupid things. He's an old man, and he's just grumpy, and I don't like that. And you know what else? I don't learn me from anything from him. Yeah, he's a grumpy fuck. People, now, people chirp Pierre Maguire all the time. I learn shit when he talks. Yeah. He's nerdy. Yep. He might be a little weird sometimes, but he actually is unbelievably smart. He knows everything about everybody, and I learn shit when he fucking does a game. When Mike Milbury does, he's just like, if that many people don't like you, then get rid of him. And get some yep. fucking young stud in there that's like cool Sharpie. and fucking Patrick funny. Patrick Sharp great. Yeah, we'll find another Sharpie's Patrick awesome. Sharp. There's a million oh, of them. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. Listen, like, like, like with, with what he said, too, dude, I'm not I, like, I'm not condoning what the guy said or, you know, whether you agree with it or not. But like, I listen to what he said. And it's like, you know what? That is not near, near the fucking worst thing this guy has ever said or done. You uh, know? I know. You just don't – you can't chirp women. Women are sensitive. No, no, no. Too, not right? at all. Not at all. And I get it. I just it. think I NBC, they, they were looking for a reason, I think. They were, you know, they, they, like, Bill Berry gave him a reason. Oh, he's not. Like, like Cam said, he's not good at his job. He's, he's not good. No, he's not. He's just no, not good. No, what no, the no. fuck is he doing? Why he's not you good at all the time. Do you ride a bike without a seat? Like, what, what is going yeah. on? Why are you miserable? You have money. You play on time. You're making a fucking shit ton of money. You're still getting pranced out there. Why, why, why are you unhappy with everything? You don't like overtime. You don't like this. Women, shut the fuck up. Shut, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Go yeah. kick your feet up in your wealthy-ass fucking house and look at your boat or something. Mix in a smile here, Mike. Jesus fuck, yeah. Christ. Mix in a money. smile. I love it. You got anything you want. Look, shut the fuck up. Be happy. You're bringing me yeah, down. Man. Yeah, it, it was, like I said, it was, you know, the, the you know the the consensus on Twitter is like it wasn't that bad, but like I get it and I agree with it, man. Like finally the fucking guy's gone and just like like you said, Cam, just go enjoy the rest of your life and stop being a miserable fuck. Why, well, yeah, God Almighty, you what? What do you want? What else do you want? Like what else do you want? Like I know what I want. Let's get fucking Cam on NBC. Let's get you <laughs> next to Sharpie, a little fucking brains versus the bro. Let's get it going. Yeah, I mean I I don't know. I'm not handsome enough. To be by that dude, he's gonna <laughs> fuck. He's gonna anybody that stands next to him is just looking on ten times worse. Right, I'm gonna put a bag. I'll do a bag over my fucking head. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I, I fuck, he's too handsome. Oh. I, got, I got my daughter's butt. Yeah, I gotta go too, what, boys. Real quick, what's next for you? What, where can where can our listeners listen to your stuff? Like you said about your podcast. Well, uh-huh. speaking of uh, the '99 Dallas Stars again, we just had Darian Hatcher on. He was awesome. We're getting all these guys. Yeah. Like we get Hall of Famers. Like. You mentioned strategically, Chelios? yeah, we had just had Chelios. We should look at our look at our lineup. Uh, Camister Pod 
got a great lineup of guys, man. We, we were on like 67. We had Don Cherry on, Lou Amarillo, like just big dogs, different guys, heavyweights, goal scorers, whatever. Um, and, and Andy's really good at asking questions. I bring a lighter side to it. We have a good dynamic. It's fucking hilarious. Check it out. I love um, it. And I got my radio show every day here, but you don't want to listen to that because it's all St. Louis stuff. But the podcast, I cater to the Canadians. And we have a lot of like – we have more Canadian fans than, than any, anywhere. I mean, it's it, the, 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 you Canadians love it. It's, I think you like my accent and make fun of my accent. Oh, of course. I, you got, I'm considering you guys Wait, Canadian, you too, said you Canadians? We're not Canadians. You are. Yes, you are. You're half we're and half. Canadian, we're Canadian. Canadian. I take that yeah. as a compliment. Thank you very Thank much. You. I'll tell you what. I just pumped your ties up. Yeah, 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 yeah. compliment. I'm not taking it as an insult, but it's like, hey, we're not We're not in Canada. We're up, we're up north. We're not in Canada. I'm not pretty close. I'm pretty close. You're Canadians, dude. Let me, tell you, you let, me tell, let me tell you, Kev, when, uh, you know, next time, you know, when all this is over, man, and you, uh, you know, you get a chance, you find yourself in Buffalo, if that ever happens, man, you know, you got to let us meet up with you or something, get some fucking yeah. real Buffalo chicken wings, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll yeah. Couple, I'll, I'll, sodas. Couple I'll of, put it on oh, your tab. Dude. I like when people are like, hey, I'll, I'll, it's on me tonight. I'm like, you don't want to do that. I'll, <laughs> I'll, you'll be broke by the end of the night. You want to keep you, up with me. I'll tell you <laughs> right now, there's some spot. There's some spots that everybody always wants to go to. They always want to go to the Anchor Bar because that's where the chicken – Dude, I'm telling you right now, Cam, where you want to go, like in places like South Buffalo, the dive bars where they have the best – Yeah, well, I'm going to have you guys take oh, me then. If I if Maybe one day I'll go up there and do a game or something. And Let's then, go. Uh, and then you guys just tell me. Will you guys pick me up and take me uh, to wherever you want to go? I'll – just yeah, it'll be fun, man. I'll make sure. Well, I'll make sure the Jeep is smelling nice, not like the Yukon. Oh God, you couldn't even get it to be that way. <laughs> hey, we'll take your. We'll take. We'll take. Get the lunch. We'll hop in your car. No sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no sir. Hey, no, 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 thanks no, no. for coming on, man. No problem, man. We would love to have you back. Uh, you know, maybe for the for the finals, get you on for a little Stanley Cup yep. preview. But we really appreciate it, man. Be sure to check out the Cam and Strick podcast. This guy is fun. He's great for the game. We're Electric. fucking lucky to have him on, man. This has been an all-time Electric. favorite of mine. What a beauty you are. I love that, uh, you know, he's a Spitfire LM. He's a good guy. Good guy in the room. All right. Yeah. I made I made I probably played three extra years for being a good guy in the room. So just hey, all y'all remember that. How do you think can't I lasted three years? He can't, he can't catch a cat. He can't catch a can't catch a catfish. Say that five times fast. Bullshit! I did. <laughs> it was kind of yeah yeah. I, fuck yeah. fishing. Fuck fishing. <laughs> I love boats. Can't I don't like fishing. Fish. All right, guys. I'll see you guys. Appreciate you guys it. Can't be cool. Be cool, boys. Right on. You too, sir. Love you guys. It. That was unreal. Cam Jansen, ladies and gentlemen. Guy's just fucking electric. He's oh, good. my God. Cully. I love amazing. it. Yeah, he's awesome, oh. man. I can't wait to have him back on. One thing we didn't even touch on, and, and I, I was thinking about it towards the end, but I'm happy I didn't. Um, but he, he touched on it in some of his under interviews. He went through hell and back with, with um, you know, the opioids, and it's something that I battled with, too. And, and it's a lifelong battle because you're never truly over it. You got to, you know, stay on, stay on track. And next time we have him on, I, I definitely want to bring that up because. Uh, I, I suggested to him, uh, you know, uh, you know, we were corresponding, man. Cause you know, we, we touched on a lot of that stuff, you know, with addiction and whatnot with Clint, with Clint. It's like, get that guy on your show, man. You want to, you want to meet a guy who, you know, who's very an open book about, you know, his past with abuse and stuff like that. Get Clint Malarchuk on your show, man. Because he, he, he will give you one hell of a, hell of an episode. Yeah, no, and, and I, I, I want to make sure to bring that up next time he's on. I, I know we didn't get to it today just because everything is. But, man, just a fascinating guy. Um, I love that he's off the cuff. And, and like you mentioned right in the beginning, that that's the kind of way we do things. He was a lot of fun to talk to, a uh, real, real personable guy, but he knows his shit, real knowledgeable cat. Um, 
and I'd love to hear uh, just him talk about Big Walt and guys like Lou Lamorello. These are fun. Oh, my God, yeah. These are big-time players in the hockey game and, and you know, Hall of Famers, and, and he's got to, you know, experience this, go to war with them side by side, and uh, we just barely scratched the surface with what, what to talk about, but definitely a reoccurring guest. I can't wait. We, to barely, we, we barely got into the playoffs, man. I can imagine, like, we get, we, get, we get him on again, man, just, like, just how animated it is. I fucking love it. I do too. Uh, a great show. I think our, our listeners are going to love it. Um, can't wait to have him back on. And you know, it's some interesting, uh, some interesting points uh, about, you know, what it was like to, you know, play with some of those guys. I mean it though. I thought that, so we had just gotten Steve on, I think this is probably two, the summer of 2011, Dwayne. And um, I knew that Steve Ott was a, you know, a good guy, a good leader, a good like role player. I didn't realize how fucking hard this guy shoots. The fucking first time I'm on the ice with Steve Ott over the blue line, dink, and didn't even see it. And um, yep. you mentioned that playing with Ott, you know, it, it, him being a good leader. Can you imagine being a 16-year-old from St. Louis stepping in a room with Jason Spezza and Steve Ott? And like he mentioned, right? this was before the new CBA. Now they capped the signing bonus, I think, at like 280000 maybe. Like, and that's the first, first overall picks get that much for their first year. That used, to, that used to not be a rule. Can you imagine being in the OHL and playing with a guy that just got a million dollars? Like, I used to make good friends with uh, anybody that was signed. Like, with Branson signed his ticket. I was sitting next to Goody, you know, he's taking me out to lunch. But can you imagine getting a shmillion dollars at fucking 18 years old in the, and still playing in the OHL? That's incredible, man. Yeah. No, great interview, Dwayne. I think our fans are going to like that. What do we got on tap for next week? Um, I'm still working on that. We, uh, you know, we have uh, Eddie Lack for sure. That'll be he's a good be one. On with us. Um, you know, from episode 29. Um, I didn't mention I didn't mention this one to you yet. We got Stu Bickle. He agreed to come out with us. Wow, that'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Another another tough guy. You know, you know, uh, career tough. You know, career enforcer. You know, guy could really throw him just like Cam. So, um, I and I have other guys too that I really you know. We have Mike Camuto from the uh, from the Athletic. He wants to come out with us, make an announcement. So, uh, you know, I can't wait, man. It's gonna be fun. Yep. That was a great interview. Uh, I hope everybody's listening to our Melody Martin and Jean-Luc Grandpierre. That was fun. Hey, I love the picture you found of him. He's got some some good style there. Yeah, he, sent, he sent me those. He sent me those right after the interview. He sent me a text with all these pictures, dude. And I picked that one out of three. He goes, I'm like, dude, like, you, can't, you can't ask for better you, better gear than from Sergey, you know. And uh, He's a big guy, know, too. He feels yeah. that well. Oh, yeah. No, so, that, was, uh, that was a fun interview. He's probably, better, he's, probably, he's probably better than me and you, that's for sure. Uh, he's definitely better than me. We went on that for fucking free. Uh, but no, hey, if you haven't listened to that one, check that one out. And man, I can't wait to get Cam back on again. That was a blast. Any closing notes here? We got some good hot. Hey, really quick. Um, we have, I'm, I'm all aboard the Philly train. I know that it's tough to say as a Buffalo fan, but we got some good series. Tampa, Boston's going to be electric. I think game oh, night and, and Sunday. Um, but just, man, I've been really surprised with Dallas. Really quick. That game six, Calgary, Dallas. Calgary goes up three, nothing. Here's what was interesting. Ben Bishop's oh. unfit to play, right? So, Kadobin's in. A couple of bang-bang goals. It's 3 nothing, like five minutes in. Their backup goalie is Jake Ottinger. He's a high pick from Boston University. Yep. He's never played an NHL game, let alone an NHL playoff game. So, I'm looking at them. Had it been anybody else, maybe they switch goalies. They leave them in. Uh, Dallas answers right back. And the question's been with them, can they, can they get their offense going? Well, fuck. Seven unanswered goals against Talbot and uh, Riddich, they move on. And, and last night, 
an electric showing against, well, first of all, Nate McKinnon's the best player in the world right now. I don't care. I'll argue that against anybody. He is fucking phenomenal. But his two goals wasn't enough. Dallas hangs on for no, a 4-3 you know, Well, it also helps that your starting goalie goes down. Grubauer, I, I, I haven't read any reports yet on what happened. It looked like his left goal, it, the way he dropped, yeah, yep, he extended yep, his right. With a ham, it was a hammer or a groin for sure, man. You know, when he went down and he was down for about three to five seconds, I'm like, yep, get, the, get you know, get him in. He's out. He's done. And then they carried him off the ice, you know. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow, man. Yeah, but Francois, uh, Pavel, Francois, or whatever, yeah, he, he's very good. Yeah, he, Francois, he played well. He played well. Got the, got the guy looked cool. For, 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 coming in, for coming into a situation like that where you're already down, um, you know, he played well. And, you know. I'm not saying the, the series is lost for Colorado, especially with that lineup. Um, like I said, they've, they've kind of, you know, they're the kind of blueprint how you want to build a hockey team in front of your goalie. So, you know, but, you know, then, but the one series I'm also can't wait to watch, man, is this Vancouver Golden Knights, you know, the, the Canucks Golden Knights series, man, because Vancouver, you know, you know, unfortunately for Cam, you know, in his hometown, they, they, they eliminated the defending Stanley Cup champions. And they played extremely well. Jacob Markstrom, you know, played unbelievable in that first round. And then they have so much depth up the middle, which is, I think, the one position where you want to have depth, you know, in a playoff run. You want to have three solid centermen. And um, I can't wait to watch that series, man, with the way Robin Leonard has been playing. You know, I want Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I don't like Leonard, and I know he's been playing okay, but I look at some of the goals. They're not great. Oh, we got to bring this up. Um Oh, fuck. I'm blanking on his name, the, the agent. Um, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's agent, if anybody hasn't seen, he uh, – Elaine Walsh. Walsh. Elaine Walsh. Elaine Walsh, yep. He posted a picture, and it's Fleury getting stabbed with a sword. And, uh, like, stabbed in the back with a sword. And, dude, it caused a big yep, I just, stir. Yeah. Pierre Lebrun just retweeted something uh, that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury actually asked his agent to take that picture down, and he did. Yeah, but it still got Flurry a meeting with it. Here's the thing: Flurry went in and played excellent. I get Leonard's been nine and one, eight and one, something like that since joining the Golden Knights. But listen, um, I, he's I winning like though. He's down. winning. He's winning. Yeah, but Flurry won too. Yeah, but I'm just saying you're riding the hot hand. Like, I'm not saying I don't like Mark Andre Flurry as a world class goaltender, you know. But you know, let me look at look at Bennington this past series, man. The guy oh. was hot garbage. Yeah, but here's the point. Flurry hasn't been hot garbage in 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 14. No, he hasn't. What? I know he hasn't. I know Flurry he hasn't. He has never lost to Vancouver in regulation ever. Okay, I again. I mean, it's just you're riding the hot hand. I guess you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not the coach. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make that decision. You know. You know, DeBoer. Like you know, it's it, he knows much more than me and you. So if he if he feels comfortable riding Leonard, then he's riding Leonard. You know, you got you know, at the end of the day, the end of the day, you have two unbelievable, not unbelievable, you two great goaltenders in that for you, and you can't go wrong with either. So like you 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 go into each game, you feel comfortable with no matter which goalie you put in. So I mean, okay, say say Leonard shoots the uh, Leonard shoots shits the bed tonight. You know, oh, oh shit, we got Marc Andre Fleury to put in. It's fine. Well, you know, you know or, or the other way around. I think that we are going to see that. I think Vancouver is going to, you know, surprise some people. That first line, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, JT Miller, they've been really good. Yeah. JT Miller's been electric, a great pickup for them. I had a chance to play against him, and he was a fucking menace to play with. He was always crashing in that. If I had the puck covered, even for a second, he was fucking pitchforking me. The guys, goalies love to hate, but you love to have him on your team. 
and he's you know been what, excellent you, for them. You know what I wanted to ask Cam too, man, because I, you know, how animated it is. Fuck, I can't forget. I, forgot. I wanted his opinion of goalies. Like, what's your opinion of goalies? Like, well, I feel I, like you would. We're gonna have him. I feel like he would have been. Said he would. So save that for the next one. Oh yeah, I feel like he would have given us a great answer. So, hey, really quick before I – because I got to – I'm taking my kids to the zoo today. Really looking forward to that. Love seeing love seeing the, the drafts. I'm a big draft oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Um, your pick, and uh, we'll go through the four series real quick. You give me who's going to win, how many games, and who's the MVP of the series. So, Vegas, Vancouver. Vegas, Vancouver. I'm giving it to it. Vancouver. How many games? I'm going to say it happens in six. And who's the MVP? Uh, Markstrom. So I have Vegas in seven, and the MVP is going to be Jonathan Marchessault. All right. In the other Western series, who do we got? We have Colorado and the Stars. Colorado Stars. Wow. Okay, man, this is a big one. Um, I think Colorado. I think Colorado comes comes out of that the winner, even though they, they they drop game one. I think, like you said, Nathan McKinnon is just playing like the best player in the world right now. Even though I think Connor McDavid is the best in the world. I uh, think he's playing like the best that series is going to win the cup, even though I'm a Philly guy. I have Colorado in seven. McKinnon's my MVP. I'll tell you what now, man. Uh, Colorado-Vancouver Western Conference Final, man, makes me a wreck. Oh. <laughs> Dwayne's got blood flow. Um, yeah, I do. Moving on to the other side, uh, Tampa-Boston. That's going to be a fucking fun series too, folks. Um, Dwayne, who do you got? If Stamkos is back, Tampa. If he's not? I, I think it's going to seven games. You know, uh, Tampa showed a lot of resilience in that first round against Columbus. I mean, they had a lot – you know, they have more talented roster, but at the same time, you know, they had something to prove there because of what happened in the previous year. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know and, you know, there was a lot riding on them. Um, you know, Columbus played hard. Columbus, you know, I don't – I really don't think John Tortorella gets enough credit for what – I think it's oh, a Jack Adams winner hands down. They mortgaged that entire fucking team last year at the deadline. They gave, they, they gave up everything to make a run at the cup, the cup. They beat Tampa, lost in the next round. But you know what? Like, they, nobody came back. Like, they didn't, they didn't retain anybody. They lost their starting goalie. And now you – but they still played hard. They still made – won that playing round, which wasn't fucking easy. They come in. They played a hard-fought series in the first round, you know, with essentially, you know, not even close to what the roster they had the year before. You know, they lost They lost, John Mary, they lost is, is, is the best coach. You should win the Jack Adams, in my opinion. Yeah. I yeah, love the guy. It was interesting to hear uh, um, John Luke Grumpier talk about him. But back to the series, because uh, we've got to finish this up. I got Boston in seven. The MVP is going to be Yaroslav Falak. I think he bounces back in a big way. I think he has a big series. I thought he did his job and, you know, once called upon in the first series. So, all right, last one. We got Philadelphia playing what do they got the islanders islanders yeah wow, this is a tough one man i really like the way that speaking of good coaches barry trotz might be the best coach in hockey and i love tortorella but uh he's got the islanders playing some type of way bolivier is 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 playing like the con my favorite right now do they have enough to get past philly a lot of people didn't like philly for what happened with montreal but i'm telling you montreal's a better team than we thought you know who the real fucking deal is Nick Suzuki, he's the real fucking deal. Yeah, man, Suzuki is unreal. Um, you know, he really impressed me in that last series. Uh, well, who do you got in Philly? And uh, who do you got between Philly and uh, New York? 
on talent alone, I would say Philly because I like Carter Hart a lot. Um, I think they're more built to win uh, win in the playoffs than the Islanders are right now. But the Islanders are fun to watch, man. They really, really are. Larmoff is playing out of his mind. But I'm going to say I'm going to take the Flyers in that in six games. I got the Flyers in six as well. MVP is going to be Kevin Hayes. Uh, guys, Kevin Hayes, huh? He's my favorite player in the world. You're not going to get your boy Carter? No, I think he's going to play well. But here's the thing. Carter's either been very good or very bad. And I think he's going to do enough to win the series. I just think Kevin Hayes is going to bust out in a big way. He had a goal and an assist in, in game uh, six against Montreal. But, uh, no, that'll just about do it for us, Dwayne. Any final, any final closing thoughts before I zip to the zoo? Uh, no, man. Just have a good time with the girls. Tell them I said hello. Uh, you know, but I uh, – We'll send you yo. another video. Hi, Dwayne. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, do it at the zoo. I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm going to go out and get Dom. Dom's been sitting outside in the fucking – in the shade probably alongside Damn the house. Dom. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try and enjoy the rest of my Sunday. Maybe get out, you know, swing the sticks a little bit. We'll see what happens here. And, uh, you know, you got, you enjoy your time with your daughters. This has been episode 28 featuring one of the last Guardians uh, to ever do it, to ever drop the gloves, Cam Jansen, uh, one of my favorites. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with a couple more good guests here. This has been Two Goalies, One Mike. This podcast is brought to you by Better Biscuit. Better Biscuit is a hockey training tool designed to help you develop your game. These fiberglass reinforced pucks are developed to handle less than perfect surfaces, enabling hockey players of all ages to practice their skills in their driveway, basement, or schoolyard, honing their skills whenever and wherever possible. It comes in two different styles. The Better Biscuit Sniper helps players develop forehand, backhand, one-touch, saucer, drop passing, and shooting. Ideal for perfecting those toe drags, puck control, and stick handling. The other option is the Better Biscuit Passer. The passer will help you develop softer hands and help you become more accurate with your passes and stick handling. Will also help you improve your puck possession confidence for any skill level. Be sure to check out Better Biscuit at betterbiscuit.net for all your hockey training needs. Thanks again for all your support, and be sure to check out Better Biscuit. Now back to the show. This podcast is brought to you by Mitt's Barbershop, created and owned by a true friend of the program, Justin Gritsky. Mitt's is a modern-day barbershop that provides a cool atmosphere featuring some of the greatest barbershops Buffalo has to offer. Come in, enjoy a free beer, play some video games, and get the best haircut in the area. When I asked Justin what sets Mitt's apart from the evil chain super-duper cuts that we see at every intersection... His answer says it all. My vision was to create the only true barbershop in Cheektowaga. When customers walked in, I wanted them to get that feeling they got when they strolled into the barbershops of old. The golden era of what a barbershop meant, not just a place to get your hair cut. So if you're looking for the real deal, come on down to Mitts to get the real feel of what a true barbershop is and what it's supposed to be. The clear-cut top dog for all your haircutting needs. Look no further than Mitt's Barbershop. And when you mention that two goalies and one mic sent you in, receive $5 off your haircut that day. Talk about customer service at its finest. Located at 3461 Genesee Street in Cheektowaga, 
It is located right next door to the 33 Speakeasy Bar and Grill. Their phone number is 868-1424, and their hours are Monday, 12 to 6, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. On Saturday, they're open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and closed on Sundays because why not? Everybody deserves a little Sunday fun day. I want to finish this ad read off by reading a great testimonial from one of Mitt's loyal customers. Tired of the cookie cutter salons trying to get your attention? Also tired of those men-focused salons? Then when you leave, you feel like you just visited a Supercuts for Men and the haircut isn't any better? Then Mitt's is the place for you. Great cut, very professional, great atmosphere. A great place for men to get cut and trimmed up. I'm honestly a little sad I'm only visiting Buffalo because I need something like Mitt's back home. You heard it here first. Come on down to Mitt's for a great cut and an even better experience. We're happy to have them as a sponsor to the show. And we hope you join us in finding out what makes Mitt's just so special. Thanks again to Justin and all the hard work him and his staff do. And without further ado, we'll kick it back to Two Goalies, One Mike. Hey, Jason Bottrell, do you like it in this city? I've been watching all these games and, well, this team's not looking pretty from my view. Spotlight shining bright on you to make a move. Hey, Jason Bottrell, I'm sure things are not that easy, but your answer to our scoring woes was Johansson and VC. Well, it's true. Without Jack Eichel, we'd be screwed. What would we do? Oh, you gotta do something. Gotta do something, gotta do something. Hey Jason Bottrell, that O'Reilly trade was rough. How could you think that Patrick Berglund and Saboka were enough? It sounds insane. But I hear O'Reilly's doing great, so they say. Hey Jason Bottrell, I just hope you have the answers Cause our ring's starting to look and feel Just like the Florida Panthers and it's tough It's a situation where this sucks Enough's enough Oh, you gotta do something 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 Three thousand days seems pretty long The team we had was one so strong I think about two thousand six each day The whole league just makes fun of us And we just laugh along Because it's a way to deal with all the pain Bottrell, I'll just say to you, I really hope you get us through. We have 
these defensemen that don't play make a trade. Hey Jason Bottrell, I don't have much left to say because like Risto and Ryan, I've lost my love of this game and it's a shame. At least we have the Bills to play postseason games. Oh, you gotta do something. 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 Gotta do something. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.